This is the Block Hash Podcast. How are you, man? Doing well. Are you on the East Coast? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's a uh, horrid weather today. Oh, yeah. It's probably raining over there, huh? You are right. It's cold. It's wet. It's a horrible Friday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't imagine. Well, it's, if it makes you feel any better, it's bright and sunny out here in Oregon. Thanks. <laughs> you guys, have your, your, you guys um, the weather at your end is probably a lot better, right, in general? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the time of year. We get a lot of seasons. So um, in, in the winter months, we get a lot of snow. And then we've got a ton of snow up until about March. And now it's starting to actually turn into spring for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really green right now. It's starting to warm up. It's like 70, 75. It'll probably get warmer as the summer goes on. And it's a very outdoorsy place. Yeah, I, I've, I've never been there before. Um, oh, you... You probably like it. Yeah. Your profile said you're a casual runner. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I was in, um, I was living, in, I was living in New York for two years, uh, and uh, we moved back last October, um, and I kind of missed the the four seasons, um, uh-huh. because you know Singapore is there's only two kinds of weather, which is hot, uh, and humid. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like one season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so do you kind of like work remotely? Um, back from home. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I, I moved back, and I, I think we're going to cover that uh, during the the podcast as well. But basically, I moved back uh, because of Pundi X um, from New York. So I was I was in New York for work, and I moved to New York for work, and I moved back to Singapore for work as well. Yeah. So uh, it's been quite a journey. Oh, okay. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great that you kind of get to work kind of back home a little bit and spend some time with yeah. family and kind of be an environment that has seasons. <laughs> have you been always been in uh, Oregon or uh, where, do you, where do you come from? I, right. I actually, I grew up in Oregon, um, so I'm very familiar with uh, the state in general. Yeah. And I also spent a lot of time down in Nevada, in Las Vegas, mm. and it's they don't have a lot of seasons in Vegas. It's mostly just hot, dry heat. It's a desert. Did you manage to <laughs> go to the, the went, CES as well? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I go every single year. Mm, mm, great, great. I believe I swung by your guys' booth as well when I was at the Sands Hotel. Yeah. It was very brief. I can't it remember. It was so hectic. Uh, four days. I overslept the last day by six hours because I was so tired. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Oh, it, I it, bet it, it's it just bombards you. There's so many people yeah, there. Yeah, but uh, it's an amazing experience, man. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Super hard to like try and see everything, and there's just so much going on. It's like overwhelming. Yeah. So, as an attendee, like it's a lot. But I can only imagine for like setting up a booth for a couple of days and having to run that. So yeah, it's pretty intense yeah, because you keep saying the same things to different people. I mean, t- tend to adjust as well. Um, but after that, after the end of the day, you're just you're swamped. Like your your brain is like out. You know. Yeah, but it's, it's a great right. experience. CES is in. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. CES is in Beijing. I, think too are you guys attending that one or just uh, in Vegas? shanghai so we we've been invited as like a speaker or presenter you can call it so we are going there just to share our solution 
uh, but we don't have a booth uh, because it's not really relevant for us. Uh, we'll be back uh, likely next year uh, in Vegas as well. Uh, so we probably can have a catch up then as well. I mean, have coffee, have a meal uh, when, when we are there next year. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. I got caught up talking mostly at the uh, the Ledger booth because mm. I know last <laughs> year they were in the Sands Hotel and they had a really small booth and then they moved into the one of the bigger areas and they had this giant display and everything and I was talking to some of their team about uh, Ledger Vault and have been in contact with them yeah. for a while. They, they, have, um, they have a giant booth this year. Stuff. Uh Oh, yeah. massive booth. But uh, they have a push. I, th- I think they've they been doing well and they, they were launching a new uh, product as well. So I, I think it, it makes sense for them. Yeah, they launched the, the Nano X, the Bluetooth one for your phone yeah. you can take with you. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, do, you, do you get one for yourself? I have not yet. I Last time I checked, I knew that they were back-ordered and uh, had a lot of orders. So I was just going to wait a couple months because I already have the Nano yeah. S. I actually have a couple of them. <laughs> And they work great, so I don't really see the point in getting the X just yet. So I'm kind of just holding off. But it is really cool. Like I like the part that is Bluetooth and you can use it your phone yeah, and all that. Yeah, they make it they make it really easy. Yeah, it, it'd be nice to get NPXS on on Ledger at some point too. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, in general, you can access that. How we use it is, or some people use it is with, with the Nano Ledger is uh, through my Ether Wallet. Uh, on my oh, that's right. Yeah, it, it's still on the Ethereum blockchain, correct? It is. It is still on. Um, okay, so you can got it. Yeah, and then you can move it. Once we move it on mainnet, I think that's uh, closer to the end of the year or early next year as well. Uh, but yeah, so for now it's still on a ERC twenty. Uh, you can use your Nano Ledger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use the X Wallet as well. Uh. It's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I almost forgot. I thought you guys went on the mainnet last year, but I'm probably just way out of the loop on that. Yeah, yeah. So, that's that's Function X, correct? That's correct. That's correct. So so how how long have you been in this space already? In terms of just blockchain in general? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been aware of it uh since I was early in college, since uh Bitcoin had a huge run up in 2013 and then when I graduated college with my neuroscience degree, I was heavily invested with Ethereum yeah. at the same time and got to experience Ethereum take off and go through its ICO boom and bust. And that really kind of propelled me into the industry. Yeah. And then I got really fascinated with it and decided to kind of decide to pivot away from potentially going to medical school and mm. going into this sector because i just thought it had so much more upside i thought it there's a lot of opportunity and there is and it's such a big space and there's so much room for change um, in the global economy in terms of what you can do with blockchain tech broadly so i wanted to start a business Mm. a consulting business um i wanted to do something educational started a podcast a um I'm an author of a book as well. Wrote a book called The Satoshi Sequence. Mm. I'll definitely send you a copy. Yeah, I'd love to read about it. Yeah, I think you'd love it. But yeah, basically just kind of dove headfirst into it as soon as I got out of college. And so I've been like really focused on it the last few years and then have been aware of it for probably like five, six years in total. But I'm pretty familiar with the space. I'm in it every single day. Yeah. And uh, it's... 
I didn't realize you have a neuroscience uh, degree as well. Uh, wow. <laughs> I guess I guess in what we do, uh, in some ways, it's also pretty. Uh, you can compare to that. It's kind of like brain surgery as well in some cases, right? Blockchain, you know. Some mm-hmm. parts are so complex to think about. Some parts are so complex to uh, understand as well. Yeah. Social complexity. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a. Uh... Yeah, there's a there's an interesting market psychology behind crypto in general and with blockchain. Yeah. Um, in in the way that the markets move, in the way that people not only see crypto as uh, technology, but how they see it as a currency, how they see it in some ways as a store of wealth, like with Bitcoin and how they compare it to gold, um, how they see it as a symbol, as symbolic in a lot of ways of individuality, symbolic of individual sovereignty. And yeah, so there's a lot of things that you could probably study from a neuroscience or psychology background. And it's pretty amazing how this movement has started, right? You can call it like, I would see it as a movement, you know? Uh, and a movement so strong that uh, it's not going to go away, regardless of all the headlines you see in the media. Uh, whereas, whether is it a fake, is it a scam, is it a fad, you know. Um, but I, I think it is a movement, right? And I think more and more people are aware, more and more institutions are uh, getting uh, aware out there that this is something you cannot ignore. And I mean, we all read the news as well. We, we're beginning to see more and more companies are getting deeply involved. Uh, rather than just push away as this is just another uh, trend. But uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating space. Yeah, I guess that's why we're all in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, I think we're all in it for the, for the same reason. I think we all see the opportunity and kind of where it's going and, um, and all the different niche spaces that you can get into. And like with Pundi, for example, getting into being able to help retailers mm. accept crypto and giving customers the option to pay with crypto and transact and and by the way the xp xpos device is awesome too i've had one for a little while it's very very um simple to use very very straightforward i remember when i was first looking at it i was really skeptical because i've seen all the videos and everything and i've seen you guys online and unfortunately there's so many different product um crypto projects out there that aren't very honest necessarily Um, so it's hard to get an idea of what in the market is a legitimate uh, project, is a legitimate device or um, legitimate team. So actually getting to see that for the first time was incredible. It was really straightforward. I mean, it works like an Android phone and easy to update and easy to yeah. use. And yeah, I was very, I saw very your impressed. video as well. The the really cool video you produce uh, when you first have it. Uh Ah, uh, yeah, was, that, that one. Was, that was awesome. Yeah. I think when I did that video, I I didn't have a theme for it. I just kind of thought it. I thought it'd be cool to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I well, I didn't know what I was going to title it. I didn't know what it was going to be about at first. I just wanted to do something that was kind of like a first person, almost like an action video for crypto, where you're doing something. So I kind of just put a whole bunch of clips together, and then I was like, well, I actually have the XPOS. I should include this in it and kind of threw that in and that kind of made the video at the end and made it pretty cool. And then decided to title it that cause I had recently got it when I went down to, to Columbia. Mm. So I don't know, all, all those things kind of put together made a, yeah, made a I, lot of sense. Yeah. I can tell really the energy well. as well uh, in the video, all the excitement. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a good one. 
So, yeah. how do, I'm just curious, and I ask this whenever I meet someone as well who knows about our product. How do you find out about us? Was it through um, one of the websites or coverage or um, how do you learn about us? So, the, actually, the first time that I heard about you guys, I was talking to a friend of mine that lives in Cambodia, and mm. he was telling me uh, that he started investing in this crypto project called Boondiex. He started explaining what NPXS yeah. was, and he was really excited about the whole token unlock yeah. program and how he was getting like 11 something yeah. percent um, every single month. 7% at the time. I think. Yeah. At the um, time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, seven, seven. Okay. Yeah. He, he was getting something like every single month for it and he was pretty excited. And he said that he liked the team, um, highly recommended it. And I think I, I didn't check it out initially. I kind of just put it on the back burner of things to do. And then eventually when I got around to it, checked out the website and I was like, oh, okay. So they're getting into like retail and they, they got this XPOS device and they want to make it really seamless and easy. And I had seen some similar things around. And at the time I was like using BitPay mm. a lot. So I was kind of familiar with um, that whole concept of being able to transact with crypto in a retail perspective um, with a merchant. So I was kind of interested in it, but I wasn't sure yeah. how legitimate it was. The, I mean, the website was really cool. All the videos were really good and everything. It's just unfortunate because there's so many crypto projects that have been out there that have done similar stuff in terms of making it mm. look presentable and then it actually turning mm. out to be a scam. So I was really worried about jumping yeah. into it at first. But as more documentation came out, as more people started talking about it, and when I went down to Columbia and I was hanging out with Manicor, I saw that they had some XPOS devices. And when I tried it for the first time, I was yeah. really surprised. That's what initially hooked me on it. But I've known about you guys yeah. for a little while. You've been around, right? From France and, and uh, Cambodia. And then you be, you go to you actually go to Colombia to get this uh, device uh, when it first came off in that market. Just to travel. <laughs> yeah, I've well, I haven't traveled to Cambodia yeah. yet. It is yeah. on my list, <laughs> but I I spent the last year and a half traveling quite a bit, especially mm -hmm. in Latin America, um, just because it looks like crypto adoption down there is yeah really high. Every time I talk to someone, whether I'm in Buenos Aires, I'm in Florianopolis, Brazil, when I'm in Medellin, Colombia, or if I'm in Panama, everybody's just like super into crypto there's so many uh issues with politics and their economies yeah. down there a lot of tyrannical rule a lot of governments that just don't cooperate and citizens that don't have as many rights as you would have up in the united states um for a lot of reasons and so they're very drawn to crypto they're very drawn to the idea of individuality and individual sovereignty and being able to control their money and then there's the issues with Venezuela, um, obviously. So there's a lot of people that have been really happy to be able to buy Bitcoin and then leave the country and then yeah. start a new life. Yeah. Um, so it's a big, big deal down there. So I spent a lot of time, once I jumped, mm -hmm. jumped into the blockchain, uh, down there in Latin America, educating myself, boots on the ground perspective, how it's changing lives, um, and then how it's having a real world impact. And that's kind of really rounded out how I can bring education into the space and how I can better understand it and everything it's doing. So, I mean, that's part of yeah. the travel. Um, are you going back there anytime soon in Latin America? 
I don't have any plans as of today, but I would like to go back to Columbia because I have mm-hmm. a lot of friends there and I've met fairly good friends with Manacora as well. I know they want to work on some other projects mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to go back there. And then I need to go to Chile um, to check out Fort Galt. Uh, my friend Gabriel Shear, he was actually on the podcast mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. He's got a whole entrepreneur education type libertarian type community that he's building down in chile mm. it's super super cool um, it's a it's, it's i heard about chile and uh, i mean basically the city of santiago as well where they're quite tech friendly and tech forward as well well when i was talking to him um he was telling me more so that it on paper yeah they have a lot of like entrepreneurship stuff they have like an entrepreneurship visa a lot of startup programs they have one called startup chile but a lot of these programs, unfortunately, that they start up, they're tailored to very small groups of individuals because the programs aren't very good. You don't get follow through in the programs. You don't always get the funding that they say you'll get. It's not as organized. It's kind of set up so that someone in in government down there, someone in their politics can kind of take advantage of the system. So there, there's some issues on legitimate tech programs not going on down there and stuff. But in terms of like industry, yeah, there's a lot of tech startups and there's a lot of tech companies that are looking to move there because there are some favorable mm, laws. Mm. And in anywhere in Latin America, for the most part right now, it's it's so wide open in terms of blockchain and they really haven't decided to crack down on it. A lot of the yeah. people want to use it. So it's a it's a good hotbed yeah, like, for like testing you said, Because of out. economic conditions, uh, it makes it one of the more favorable location or it's prime prime for other payment methods other payment instruments as well so it's, it's interesting you're talking about latin america so for us at pundi x um latin america represents uh, a key region for us so uh, i'm not sure if you're aware uh, we do have a team in sao paulo uh, that's um our latin america mm-hmm. or latin hq uh, and from there we work with various partners uh, and distribution uh, partners as well across the different markets to grow our presence. So, for example, in Colombia, like mentioned, we have a partner there as well. Uh, Argentina, we have a partner in place as well doing a little pilot. Uh, in Sao Paulo itself, where our team is located. So, currently, we're expanding uh, our merchants. So, there are new stands in Sao Paulo. So, if you're there, uh, you can actually go in. If you don't have uh, an X wallet, you can get an X pass card from the newsstands, uh, and you can buy, uh, any form of let's say let's say you want to buy Bitcoin, you can you buy MPXS, you can as well from the newsstand itself, um, and then you can start to transact if you want to. You can buy a chocolate bar, you can buy some snacks, you can buy some drinks, uh, on a newsstand, uh, which is uh, pretty interesting. So we make it really accessible right down to the newsstands. Um, and it's interesting you talk about Venezuela. Um, I was there for a market visit actually in January. Uh, I was there for about a week, mm-hmm. uh, to, to look at opportunities and to look at how to really understand because what the media reports sometimes is skewed, right? It's a bit different. So I want to get a rea- reality sense check. Uh, and it's, it's, it's fascinating. The hyperinflation mm-hmm. is, um, it's, it's, I would call it a, it's rather crazy because when I was there, I believe 
it was only the third week of January. Uh, and from the beginning of the year, uh, Jan 1st, to the third week of January, the rate of inflation was already 400%. Um, and someone was showing me a stack of, uh, let's say, a stack of views in your hand, like a, a brick, a thick, as thick as a brick, that's like 7 USD. So obviously, right. uh, it makes it a lot harder for the day-to-day people to, to transact, to go about their stuff because they can't really carry bags of cash. It doesn't make sense. Uh, in terms of payment-wise, mm-hmm. um, because they have to use, uh, let's say, credit cards to transact, the, the issue they have is the rate of hyperinflation is so fast. Uh, and the bank limits doesn't really catch up as quickly as the uh, inflation. So oftentimes, uh, the local citizens tend to max out their credit card limit or bank limits pretty quickly. Um, so what they had to do is they either rely on multiple credit cards or even the right down to sometimes to really choose and choose the more affordable or cheaper items. Not because they cannot afford it, but because... Uh, there is a limit to uh, the cuts they can spend. So it really uh, forces some kind of, it really poses a challenge to your day-to-day life that we take it for granted as well. Oh yeah, totally. And especially especially when they're going through hyperinflation like that. I yeah. think a lot of first world countries don't really realize <laughs> that. We lived in quite yeah. a bubble for a long time. That's, that's really interesting. Um. I I know that Maduro is not going to be in power for much longer. Eventually, there's pretty soon there's going to be some change there. It's not going to continue. I know a lot of people are pretty fed up with it, obviously, for a lot of reasons. And it sounds awful from the refugees. They're terrified and they're yeah. um, happy to just be out of there. Their economy is going to need a lot of infrastructure uh, rebuilt in terms of yeah. uh, their capital markets and whatnot. Is that something that you think Pundix is... Uh, considered economy you think Pundiax is considered jumping into once things start to stabilize it seems like a good fit yeah so so i'm not going to comment on the government uh, but we do uh, are in touch with our local partners to facilitate whatever we can do as well um, so we're trying to get some stuff going on uh, but at the same time like you mentioned the most important thing um, other than the instability right now is basically the infrastructure because i think uh, if you follow, they have uh, some power out, uh, outages like the lack of electricity. Uh, and it's partly because of uh, infrastructure. Uh, and I know it's going to take some time to fix because it is an infrastructure issue. You can't just turn it off and turn it on again. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely closely monitoring as well to see what we can get it off running. Uh, it is, mm. as a region itself, any market that has experienced hyperinflation um, it is represents a opportunity for us and also for other blockchain companies because in these markets, uh, they don't really have legacy or or so called current infrastructure in place that you need to replace. Right? For example, in the the US, uh, the the credit card system, uh, the credit call uh credit score system is always so deeply entrenched, right? it's very difficult to immediately pivot to, to something else. Whereas if you look at other leapfrog markets like Africa, uh, and even look at China as well, they, they, they sort of skip the credit card phase and jump straight into uh, using mobile 
payment, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. that's why I think in those markets, especially with facing some challenges, those are big opportunities. And that explains why um, the Latin America market is a key region for us. Uh, and that's why we're looking at uh, these markets like in Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, and also monitoring Venezuela, depending on how, how they are. Um, but yeah, we, we are trying to do some little things, some pilots. Um, and the X-Pause itself. So the X-Pause device itself, we look at it at the end of the day. It is a digital currency uh, neutral device, right? Uh, but of course, we mm-hmm. started off as in it's a crypto machine to push crypto mass adoption as well. Yes, that is possible. But at the same time, depending on the use case, uh, it is flexible enough to um, pivot or to adapt. So, for example, um, we just recently announced a partnership in Cambodia uh, where this company called um, <clears throat> Limestone Network, they are a real estate company um, and they're looking to build a smart city in Phnom Penh. Yeah, and so it's very interesting. They want to use blockchain tech uh, to create really a smart city. Ah, interesting. Uh, and of course, uh, in using blockchain as well, they want to use, uh, promote, like let's say, for example, cashless payment and also really digitize the sort of entire city. Yeah, so this is something they, are, they have just started. Of course, they haven't really got the, um, the infrastructure and the buildings in place. They are building the, the apartments right now. Um, but we're going to get something started pretty soon as a small um, pilot as an initial phase as well. So what we're going to do uh, is to work with them and to test out how they want to implement uh, promoting a cashless payment using uh, the Xpos in, let's say, in that vicinity. Um, and that's really interesting for us. And for example, in Dubai, uh, which I think most people have already heard of that, where we're trying to work with a, a local partner over there where they have plans where the, the local government is looking to tokenize their national currency uh, and put it on a blockchain. And our solution is prime for that, right? It facilitates that. If you look at it and at the end of the day, when I say uh, why is digital currency neutral is in addition to any of the, the cryptocurrency you have right now, uh, you can create your own custom tokens uh, or you can back by, uh, let's say, a stable coin as well. Or you can use it as a an enterprise solution where instead of, um, you know, you have loyalty points. So the Xpost mm-hmm. is also pretty flexible, uh, has a solution where to allow you to easily liquidate your loyalty points. So you can put your loyalty points on the blockchain. You can call your points, you can call it token, you can call it coin. But at the end of the day, it's like, for example, uh, Starbucks points or loyalty points. You can use the Xpost solution provide a way to facilitate uh, transactions with that yeah so it's 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 really flexible uh, and depending on the use case uh, we sort of adapt and uh, deliver and implement so those are a few things uh, we're looking to do but uh, it's, it's really exciting stuff and I think we spent um, last year trying to look at uh, executing different strategies. Uh, and this year is a, lot, a little bit more about focus as well. Uh, and I think one, one thing that I think most um, people don't realize is um, when we were creating the X-Pause, um, because it's a hardware, right? 
In order to deliver and implement the hardware in different markets, some markets have stricter regulations, uh, not just in a view of uh, cryptocurrency, but also in terms of the, the, the hardware itself. So um, we spend some time trying to get uh, the benchmark and the regulation in place. Uh, and recently, we just obtained the CE certificate. So C certificate means that uh, the device, in a way, uh, fulfill the uh, required benchmark for a device to be in that country to operate safely, for example. And those are standard requirements, uh, for example, in Europe, in order for hardware to be sold, to be delivered, to be, to be used. Yeah, so it, it, it is a process. Uh, we are all learning. But uh, I'm glad to say with all these certifications, uh, we are able to, this year, we are able to accelerate a little bit faster now uh, and launch this device uh, in across the markets as well. Yeah, but uh, it, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a challenging, but uh, really productive in a way as well. Um, and I, I know in one of your questions, you were asking what are the specific uh, strategies you implement so it really depends on the market requirements uh, in Latin America uh, because of the uh, landscape. Um, the people are more open to, to buy and also to transact in Bitcoin. Uh, and the exports represents a really easy way to access. Uh, and we'll be beginning to see some uptake in people going to the newsstands and, and buying just Bitcoin as a trial or buying Bitcoin um, as a investments as well or just buying bitcoin to just spend and try it out um, but it's it's really uh easy and um we're really excited about that actually yeah that's awesome I mean, that's so much that you guys are doing with the the xpos alone i know you guys got other products but i mean it's super awesome and i think the other thing i like about the xpos is it's mobile right you can put a sim card in it yes that's correct um you can either use a sim card or i mean you can tap on the wi-fi uh, but that's why that's what we offer. We want to make sure that it's uh, very easy to use, uh, very easy to operate as well. I mean, you have one yourself, so you can you can see that the the mm -hmm. solution itself is very uh, elegant. Uh, and what I like about uh, the product, and I think I'm, I'm for, we are fortunate enough to have a physical product as well, because I think we are actually one of the few blockchain companies uh, with an actual physical product you can touch. I think most of them are, are, are software focused, uh, something you can't really see. Um, so whenever I demonstrate the, the Xpost solution, uh, I always get a reaction uh, because only by demonstrating you can see that how easy and how elegant the solution is, right? It's just basically tap and go, you know, either with the Xpass card or the X wallet. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's re that's, that's how we do it. We want to make it really accessible. Will make it really easy to use, um, and when you try it, you can see the experience. It's it's there to see for yourself. Yeah, it, it works very similar to an Android phone. It's got a really good user interface. I was able to. I mean, obviously, there's not too much stuff on it yet, but I mean, it's still really easy to navigate, and it wasn't slow. I didn't have any issues necessarily signing up with it and getting it uh, to the point where I, I could accept some NPXS or some Bitcoin or Ethereum. It was pretty simple. Um, the back office was fairly simple too. So it's for something that's pretty brand new. It's 
pretty good, honestly. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. So, so, um, so, what do you what what you currently do with your Xbox? Well, I actually like the mobile aspect of it. What's interesting is, um, my my iPhone has mobile hotspot, mm. so I can turn that on and create a mobile <coughs> yeah. hotspot when I need Wi-Fi anywhere. Um, so I thought that that would be interesting to try with the XPOS yeah. um, instead of going to get a SIM card, and it yeah, works. It does. Uh, works really well. So I put on my my iPhone hotspot when I'm mobile, um, when I have my XPOS with me, and then I can get internet to it. And then if I'm at an airport or if I'm at a college or if I'm with a group of people or some investors that I'm with or just um, any of my friends and I have it with me and I want to show them and I don't have access to internet, it's really, really handy to have uh, that feature that it makes it mobile and being able to use a SIM card or being able to use um, an internet connection with my phone. So I, I will, every once in a while, I'll use it in business. Someone will want to pay me and I'll be like, hey, do you want to pay me on my Boondi XPOS yeah. device? <laughs> and most people um, have no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> until I pull yeah. it out because yeah. um, they just, they haven't really seen yeah. it, the general public yet. But as soon as I pull it out, they're like fascinated, like, ooh, whoa, what is that? And I'm like, this is the XPOS. Yeah. <laughs> Super easy um, to accept crypto. It's mobile. It literally feels like a phone when I'm using it. So, um, and it's fairly portable too. Like I, even with the box, I can put it in my backpack and it's not an issue and I can take it with me places. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, because it's so early, I use it as a demo. Yeah. Um, when I'm trying to educate someone or when I'm talking to a coffee shop or a, in, in one case right now, a med spa that might be interested in using the XPOS at some point, um, I'll pull it out usually as a demo and I have the XPass card preloaded and I'll run yeah. them through some transactions, show them how it works and everything and kind of explain why I like it, why it's great for me and how it kind of helps me because I'm so mobile all the time. The fact that I'm traveling makes this really easy. Um, and I can put it in my backpack, take it on the plane and have no issues. So it's, uh, I, I really like the mobile aspect, uh, as, aspect yeah. obviously. And mostly I use it for demos for the most part. Um, but I mean, if people wanted to pay me more in crypto, I'd use yeah. it more. Um, we're just at a point where we have little adoption still in the U.S. Not a lot of people use it yet. Yeah, I think in the um, U.S. people are more um, into buying and procuring um, as an investment mm -hmm. or speculative uh, vehicle rather than uh, using in daily transactions. Yeah, but I think as more part of that is accessibility as well, and also. Uh, with regulations, I mean, for example, in New York, I see more and more companies are uh, uh, being granted a bit, bit license as well. Um, and I'm sure mm -hmm. once the bigger players open up acceptance, uh, probably uh, it will go up. Because I think it's a chicken and egg, right? You need places to spend your cryptocurrency if you want to. Uh, you also need people to be able to do that as well. So once you have both sides on uptake, um, I think that will help. Um, but I think you have to start somewhere. So I think if, if you start with getting all places to buy, uh, that will eventually tip the scale. Right. It's, it'll be something for a while that's word of mouth until people like legitimately start advertising um, these products and services. I mean, it's just so early. I mean, with Ethereum, um, you 
you have a bunch of dApps out there, but you don't have dApps with real use cases. Yet dApps will have a profound effect on our economy. Um, Pundix is just another niche in, in blockchain that's really early, but it's really useful. Um, it's just not at a point of adoption yet for it to really have an effect. And I think New York is the only state in the U.S. that has form of approval in terms of the mm. bit license um, for exchanges and whatnot. I think Bitrix even got denied, which is kind of funny because they're pretty good exchanges yeah. them all the time. <laughs> Um, and then I know there are a number of states that are working pretty diligently on getting something done. I know Wyoming's very on top of it. I know Arizona and California, or not California, excuse me, Arizona and Nevada are pushing quite a bit for some legislation. Um, I know Ohio and Florida are pushing the Token, Token Taxonomy Act through Congress right now, trying to get uh, some legislation done. It's bipartisan. Um there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's just, it's really early. And when you don't have anything legal that's out there, it scares a lot of people away. And the only people that buy into it are the speculators or mm. the, um, the high risk investors. And so it's, it's one of those spaces that's it's growing tremendously. But in terms of, at least in the US, people using it, uh, I think a lot of people are uneducated on what you can do with blockchain still. I know a lot of people have heard of Bitcoin, but most people don't understand mm. everything else you can do with it. And there's just no regulations and laws around it. So it's creating quite a barrier to entry for a lot of these projects to get to a potential customer, to get to a potential investor um, or business that wants to use it or institution. But it'll come in time. It's it's yeah. just very, very early I mean, right that, That's why I think as an industry... Uh, we're all pushing, right? You can't just have one company pushing as well. So I think in 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 some ways or another, mm-hmm. through our solution, we're trying to demonstrate that hey, uh, this solution is is here. It's easy to use. You can see that it works, uh, and that's why we have the XPass card as well because we recognize that some markets uh they would prefer to hold something physical rather than a mobile wallet. And I find that mm-hmm. a card is usually an easy way for people to get on the idea. And from the card, if they want to move on to a mobile wallet, they can do. They can pair the XPass card into the X wallet uh, very easily and can use it vice versa as well. Um, so that's, that's what we want to do. When you hold the card with, let's say, yeah, with your digital currency on it, you know that, hey, it is something real and tangible. You can actually spend it. Right, and you can you can spend it in in some of the markets where we have the exports ready, right? So, but yeah, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's. I think every everyone has to play a part to to move this forward. Yeah, the the market is still very early, um, but uh, I I I I'm very optimistic about it moving. Oh yeah, same here. I, it it'll move eventually. I I think it's really the. The barriers to entry and with the us there are a lot of barriers to entry and like with the xpos for example i know you guys um with the xpos it has that merchant aspect with it but it also has that exchange aspect where you can someone could come up with their xpass card and say they want to yes purchase some bitcoin right so i'm sure that creates some interesting challenges for you guys in certain markets and it especially in the us because there's different laws for businesses when you're exchanging something um, in terms of crypto, I know there's a lot of businesses that have some issues with that. Is that a barrier that you guys have run into? 
Yeah, so I think for the US, we are monitoring as well because, like you say, there are different regulations in different states as well. Uh, and whether mm-hmm. do you need those licenses, uh, it really depends on the criteria. So I'm not really in tune of the requirements for bid license, but I think I read it somewhere uh, that you need a minimum of uh, transactions of $10,000 uh, in order, then you need a bid license to operate. Uh, let's say in the New York state. Uh, but having said that, mm-hmm. different markets have different regulations. We do have inquiries from partners uh, who really want to try and implement in other states as well. So we're working with them to see what kind of pilot and trials we can start running into. Um, but in terms of the, the focus, I think we, wherever there has demand, we're not ignoring um, but we are we want to make sure that we are compliant as well because in order for uh, the business to sustain, in order to play the long-term goal as well, uh, we need to make sure that uh, we are compliant with the regulation, we comply uh, with whatever that the environment is required. If not, you, you find yourself quickly shut down and that's not what we want to do. Uh, we have a pretty good compliance team. Um, and uh, we're really looking at, so for example, what are different uh, licenses we need to adhere to or get uh, in order to operate. So you, you, you realize that some markets we are a lot more active, while some uh, you may not have hear anything from us, but it's not that we are not doing anything. It's just that we want to make sure we get all the proper, uh, the groundwork set up, the proper infrastructure set up, as well as uh, to keep it going. Right. And, and and to us, there's no point trying to shout about something um, before anything is getting done, right? So um, I think from what we do in terms of how we, um, what we, in terms of the culture we have as well, is looking at the x looking at x We believe in doing something and actually get it going uh, before, before we share it publicly. But I, I can understand from a con- community perspective, sometimes I think as per other projects, um, and it's fair, they want to see progress, they want to see updates, um, but sometimes our hands are just tied. We, we, can't, we can't really share until uh, we have something concrete to move. So it, it, it's always a balancing act as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and yeah, um, I, I think community in general um, and different communities within crypto, but I mean, in Poondix, um, especially the community gets really excited about all the cool stuff that you guys do. So, I mean, from, um, regulatory perspective and, uh, certifications and, uh, licenses and doing everything right, taking your time, obviously that's the right move. Um, and I'm, I'm super glad that that's what Poondi, uh, prioritizes, um, depending on the markets. But I mean, for the, the community in general, I think they just, I think they understand that. I think they just are really excited because when you come out with like a a blockchain phone, like that's something that's really surprising to a lot of people. Like what? You can use your phone like normal, but it also has a blockchain mode. You can send messages on the blockchain. (laughs) It works as a node and you put it in your pocket. I mean, for a lot of people, it's it's exciting stuff. And for all the nerdy people like me and all the techie people, we're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) When is that coming? Like... (laughs) So, yeah, we we get excited about that stuff. Yeah, so on the phone. So the phone, um, it is a pretty innovative, uh, quite disruptive tech behind the phone, right? 
So the phone was developed because of um, the Function X ecosystem. And the Function X blockchain is part of the Function X ecosystem. So I give you a little bit of context why uh, all this came about. Basically, the XPOS, if you look at it, right now it's operating on Ethereum network. Um, when an XPOS goes mass uh, at scale across the world, let's say you have thousands and thousands of devices, um, and the Ethereum network is not going to be uh, scalable enough to handle the volume, the number of transactions. Mm-hmm. So we actually took a look in initially, like um, what are the other potential solutions we can we can tap on, uh, we can potentially put the exports on, and I think in our research we realized that uh, there isn't any platforms out there at that point in time when we look at it uh, that is really suitable. They are either not uh, scalable enough to handle the volume of transactions that we envision the exports to have in time to come mm-hmm. or they are either to centralize you know so we decided like say hey if there isn't really a platform that that's that fits what we are looking for um let's create our own then and that that's sort of one of the the motivating uh one of our motivations in terms of why the function x ecosystem uh was created and then when we did that uh, we're wondering what's the best way uh, to showcase because you always want to showcase uh, and create a use case to show that, hey, this actually works rather than uh, if mm. it's a white paper or is it a theory. I think we believe in just doing it and then to show that, hey, it actually works and then from there you finesse and you tweak and you update and improve or you pivot, right? So when we created the FunctionX ecosystem, uh, we thought that a phone your own personal device is the best way to assess the ecosystem. I mean, these days, everything you do, uh, you have to do it through in an app, through the phone, mm-hmm. you call for your cab, you pay for your bills, uh, you look at information. It's mostly through the phone, right? So we thought that it would be interesting to, to, to put the phone on the blockchain. Um, and the X phone itself is a pretty interesting uh, device. So through, through the phone, we are showing an example where this is one example of how it looks like if you apply blockchain tech into telecommunications, right? So imagine if you can do that, what would happen if you apply blockchain tech into other different industries as well that's powering by the Function X uh, ecosystem? Yeah, so the phone itself is pretty interesting. So there's a lot of uh, flexibility. So at the heart of it, so during the blockchain mode itself, anything you do, uh, you call, you text, uh, you can browse the decentralized or the blockchain internet as well. It doesn't require a centralized service provider. So when you make a phone call, for example, it doesn't go through the T-Mobile or AT&T network. It, what it does is it travels through the different nodes. So it's a node to node to node to node. And every time a call is made, the 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 so-called route that it travels through node to node to node is uh different, is randomized. Uh and it doesn't you don't go through a centralized service provider. So that means that as a user or as an organization as well, you own your own data. No one is looking at the data. Um your information isn't 
recorded on the blockchain as well. What you'll see is we, we do have like a sort of like, you can call it like the Function X version of the Ether scan. Uh, you can see uh, so-called actions happening on the blockchain. So the actions are being registered on the blockchain so that you know that it happened. Let's say a call has been made. You know that the call has been uh, is registered. But the content of the call itself is not recorded because that's your data. And no, no one is, is purviewed to that information other than you and the person on the other line. Um, so the team has managed to basically apply, take the logic of um, payments or finance of, um, on the blockchain and apply it to a phone call. And it works. When you pick up the phone, it sounds exactly the same. So when I demonstrate the, the, the prototype to anyone, when I show it to them, um, it is pretty fascinating because they can see for themselves that it actually works. So not just on a phone call, you can do a text as well. It's the same. So the team has managed to devise a way to use blockchain tech and put it into the form of a call or text. And through that um, development as well, through calls, through text, the team has also created uh, a different protocol. So in terms of the internet, so the current internet has been known or known has is the is using the HTTP protocol, right? Uh, we have created mm -hmm. something called the FXTP. So it is essentially a decentralized internet. So whatever information you put on there. So currently, of course, it's in test that mode. Uh, there isn't any content on FXTP. It's just like how the internet first started, right? You need people to start building uh, on FXTP. You need people to start uh, uploading content as well. Um, but as a, as, a, as a prototype right now, what we can do is we are able to upload pictures onto FXTP. Uh, so when you take a picture, you can upload to FXTP. And, and the thing is, when you upload the picture, and you can retrieve it like a, as long as you know uh, the name of the file, as long as you have the permission of the user, but basically what happens is when you upload the picture to FXTP, the information or rather the file is being divided and, 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 and spread across all the different nodes. So little bits of ones and zeros or little bits of information of data is actually being stored across the many different nodes. And only the user, which is either yourself or the one that you have given permission to, is able to encrypt it and pull it back together. So I think the, the closest example I can think of is uh, imagine a, a packet of powder uh, and you, you toss the powder across, let's say, uh, the sea or somewhere else, you will see that the powder has broken out into many different specs, right? Uh, and that's your information and that's mm -hmm. your photograph that you uploaded FXTP. And then only you with your correct uh, set of keys, your correct permission, you're able to pull that packet of powder back together in one piece to form that, that picture or message you want to uh, decipher. And, and it's pretty fascinating because that means that, again, your data isn't being stored at the centralized server. Isn't, let's say, being stored at, let's say, Amazon server, for example. Your information is actually stored across the different nodes. So again, uh, you own your data. Um, you control what you want to put up. You control how people want to see it as well. Um, and basically, you take that notion, you can apply it to decentralized apps as well. So you could create uh, decentralized apps on the X phone blockchain mode too. Uh, and what's the difference is basically, again, uh, the, the information, whatever you share, is you hold it correctly. So 
So as an example as well, we created a decentralized uh, version of, you can call it Duber, right? Decentralized Uber, where uh, mm-hmm. if you call for a cab, a taxi, uh, what happens is instead of your information going to the ride-hailing company itself, your information goes to the blockchain uh, and the ride-hailing companies, you can have Uber, Lyft and other competing companies uh, able to see that, hey, you have put up a request for a ride. Um, they are able to compete fairly uh, assessing your data on the blockchain because you have given permission, you have asked for a ride. They are able to compete fairly and um, for your services. So as a consumer, you'll benefit because all of a sudden you're not just limited to one company uh, and from a company perspective as well uh, you kind of reduce the so-called monopolization right you're promoting fair fair play uh, for all companies where smaller companies right now have a fairer chance to compete because uh, of how uh, we have used blockchain tech to level up the playing field um, so this is one example and you can imagine you apply this logic across the many different services like Airbnb social networks um, and etc etc so it is it is very uh, an interesting concept it works the prototype is there uh, if you're here right now I can show you the, the different modes and I think you probably caught a glimpse of it at CES this year as well um, and of course one thing to note is we recognize not every user is going to jump straight into the blockchain mode uh, and that's fine and that's why the operating system that we have developed to assess the function ecosystem, we call it the FXOS, um, is actually built based on a modified Android 9.0. So what it means that it actually runs uh, Android in parallel. So in order to, en- to assess the Android mode, all you need to do is do a, a swipe. Swipe left or swipe right, uh, you can switch between the two modes, blockchain modes or Android modes. Um, so whenever you want your regular apps uh, or your so-called decentralized apps, which you, uh, where all the services are there right now, you can just swipe, do a swipe and you can access the mode. If you prefer a more private communication approach, you can swipe back to the blockchain mode and access the different decentralized app. You can access the calls, your texts. So that's the flexibility we offer and that's how we want to lower the barrier to entry. The X phone itself, um, it is basically, in a way, you can call it a proof of concept to show that, hey, it works on a blockchain. Um, and in terms of um, our plans for the X phone, um, we actually are going to plan to build and produce just 5,000 of it. Um, because we recognize that we are not a phone company uh, and our bigger goal is actually the FunctionX ecosystem, the FunctionX OS, the FX OS. They are all going to be open source. So what we hope to do is with the 5000X phone, it will be able to give um, and show the world uh, that this solution works uh, and if any partners, any phone companies, any telcos, uh, who are looking to evolve their solution, who are looking to tap into our blockchain tech, they can use our open source OS to build their own version of the blockchain phone uh, and to give consumers uh, a, a different option for a more secure way of communicating, for a more secure way of transactions as well. 
they can. So basically, we hope to see in the future there will be another OS that uh, the consumer have access to, which is uh, in addition to iOS, Android, you have now FX OS to consider, uh, which will give you a more uh, private uh, way of communicating. Yeah. So so basically, that's that's um, I guess that's the story of uh, how we see Function X and X Phone, uh, in particular for the X Phone as well. Um, but yeah, so that's that's that how it is. As for Function X, uh, like I said earlier, it's gonna be a lot bigger and broader, partly because it's designed to be autonomous, uh, and open source. So we want to give uh, basically the, the, the power of Function X to the world so that once it's up and running, so once uh, the mainnet is up and running as well, uh, we want to welcome all developers to start building on it. Um, we want to welcome uh, organizations to create a use case on it as well, uh, to, to come build on the, the Function X blockchain. So that's the, the, bigger, the bigger goal of Function X. Uh, but of course, the X phone will be one of the first few ways for people, for developers to really see how, uh, have a taste of the, the power of Function X um, ecosystem. Yeah, it's, it's a great use case. I remember, I think I watched a couple uh, YouTube videos with Zach talking about it a little bit. Um, I, I thought it was just the X phone at first as well, um, like a lot of people do. Um, and then once he started talking about it and talked about function x and fxtp which is really interesting because fxtp is basically what ipfs mm -hmm. is um, it, it's a decentralized yes. protocol for yes. the web so i mean it, um, yeah you, and it's, it's it's interesting you 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 mentioned about uh, ipfs as well so basically uh the different components so function x ecosystem is made out of five components um basically the we call it FX IPFS. So what we have done is we've taken IPFS uh, and, and modified it and put it into our stack, right? The stack consists of the five components. So you have FX IPFS, you have um, the FX blockchain, you have the FX uh, FXTP, uh, which is the decentralized internet. Uh, you have the FX uh, Docker as well, so that uh, we make it easy for uh, developer to 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 access it. So basically, all these five different, uh, and of course the FX OS as well. So all these five components made up the Function X ecosystem, and we believe this is something that is pretty unique out there right now. Um, to to mitigate the the challenges we have so far on the blockchain, uh, platforms, um, and of course, any devices. Um, that is using the Function X OS uh, will become nodes powering the blockchain. So you can imagine all the X ports eventually, all the X phones and all the other phones that are using the FX OS, they will become in some various degrees of nodes uh, providing services to the Function X ecosystem. Uh, and of course, depending on the hardware capabilities as well, the service that you provide to the Function X ecosystem will vary. Like for example, a phone, a phone won't be able to provide storage capabilities to Function X uh, ecosystem, and that's fine. They'll still provide in some ways some services like supporting a call, or uh, supporting some form of light uh, task. Yeah. So what we have done, we have taken basically the best of the hardware and software and combined together to solve 
the issues and challenges, uh, the limitations of blockchain, uh, and try to push it forward. So, so it is a very uh, disruptive tech. Uh, we're quite excited. Uh, and in fact, I think we are the only company right now that has managed to make a call on the blockchain. Yeah. If I if I if I can say it correctly, I think the other so uh, so called blockchain phones um, at the moment they are still probably in test mode. Uh, they haven't really demonstrated how phone goes through the blockchain. What we have, even though it's on testnet, but it works. I can give the phone to you right now. Mm-hmm. I can make a call and and it works just as fine as a regular phone. Right. I, I think I was listening to that and I was having a conversation with someone uh, a few weeks back about. Um, whether or not you can actually send a phone call through the blockchain. Um, And we did a little bit more research and I assume how it works is that it records the action of the call on the blockchain and that because the phone is a node itself, you're basically sending a peer-to-peer call over like the OIP over the internet uh, from node to node. So it's just as secure. But I believe from what I've seen from what you guys put out that the actual phone call itself isn't on the blockchain. It's recorded um, on the blockchain. Is that okay. correct? I don't have enough details to go through uh, that as well. Yeah, because I, the theme right now, they are still right. working on okay. a certain integrity and certain things would change. Um, but basically, what it does is um, it has the added security of the how it works on the blockchain where it doesn't go through uh, a centralized service provider. Uh, but that's a that's a that's a really good question. I think it warrants uh, a second conversation once the team has uh, set up the thing in place to really de- uh, explain the technicalities of it. Uh, and who knows? Maybe it'd be useful for for me to invite uh, someone from my tech team to really explain how it works. Yeah, because um, what I understand is pretty fascinating. Where the team is, they managed to break apart. <clears throat> how current blockchain platforms are done uh, and to make changes to the current existing model and fit it into our stack in order for uh, the FunctionX ecosystem to f- perform the way it is. Yeah, And for one, I understand it is not that easy. And that's why mm-hmm. uh, actually you can see that no one has done that yet. Yeah. So I, 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 don't, I don't want to, to, to boast, but I think... Um, that's why I think we have a really unique piece of technology. Um, but of course, um, uh, we need more sort of um, use cases as well. And we need some other companies to come forward as well to really look at how they can leverage the OS. And that's why we, we started with 5,000 to really showcase um, the phone, the idea, the concept that it works. Um, and let's see who else can we partner with to produce the next version of the blockchain phone. Right, right. It it sounds like with the with function action FXTP, um, obviously that's your guys's focus. Um, but when you created the phone, I mean, you guys actually created something that's very, very uh, technologically sound and is quite a breakthrough um, because there isn't an easy way to connect people with nodes via a phone outside of the centralized um, cellular network system and actually communicate. And I'm not talking about just messages, but I mean phone calls. So like, I, there's like a lot of apps that I could download that encrypt my messages, encrypt my phone calls, but there's no way to do it peer-to-peer as a node. 
So what you guys created with the phone is actually really brilliant. Uh, beside just the fact that it has function X and FXTP, which is also incredibly brilliant. Um, but the phone itself is very, very unique. Because what we realize is um, there's, a, there's an issue now where in order for a blockchain to, to be really considered a blockchain, I mean, you, you need to have a certain amount of uh, decentralization, right? Uh, you, can, you, can, you can't just have one or two nodes and you can call it a, a blockchain as well. So um, that's why I think uh, we, are, we are in a lucky position to have uh, the hardware as well as the software uh, to mitigate some of the challenges as well because through the, the number of nodes that's out there, it will only strengthen the network. So the more nodes you have, the more decentralized it gets. Uh, the better, the more stable it gets for for the network as well. Yeah, so that's what we are going to push. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you're only going to have five thousand mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the the X phone, correct? And the and then the XPOS will also become a node. Um, the which one? Sorry. So we have the XPOS, we have the X phone. Um, right. So the the X phone works as a node for yes. Function X. Yeah. And the the X pause, yes, the X pause will mm. be ported over to the mainnet once the mainnet is ready. Ah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. But of course. Yeah. Of course. Um. From a user standpoint, um, I think as a common user standpoint, you won't really notice the difference because you're still going to work as easy as it is. Um. And and it, it, as a user, basically, I think. Um, they don't really have to worry about that as well, right? It's kind of like right now in terms of what we do when we access the information online, we don't really say, uh, "Hey, it's powered by Amazon server." Yeah. So, so that's 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 the experience you want to go for as well. Uh, ultimately, mm-hmm. when you want more secure mode of uh, transactions or communications on the phone, just swipe to the blockchain mode. You can do it. Of course, the exports. Uh, when we port it over to the, the mainnet as well, from a user experience, it's going to be uh, the same. It's still going to be elegant, it's still going to be smooth uh, and easy to use. So what country do I need to travel to to get one of these 5,000 X phones? We're going to have a sort of a pre-order online uh, later this year as well. Uh, and then we're just going to ship online. I don't think you need to travel. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can cool. come to Singapore. Uh, Singapore is where our HQ is at. Uh, where I'm based as well. Uh, always happy to to show you around, show you the exports. Uh, but yeah, in terms of how the X phone is gonna deliver, it's gonna be online. Uh, lightly. Uh, details Very will cool. be released later this year. Uh, once we get it out and running. Um, and also I think in terms of the videos you have seen so far, the X phone they have seen is uh really just a prototype. Uh, the actual design. Mm-hmm. Uh, the newer design uh, could be keep, could, could be seen on the uh, our FunctionX website, FunctionX.io. So when you access the site, mm-hmm. you can see uh, the more updated design. So there's a pretty cool uh, X on the back of the phone. There's actually a uh, an X button as well, uh, which allows users to quickly access the, the depths on, on the blockchain mode. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, we're still in the midst of uh, shaping and, and, and developing. Um, but yeah, so really excited to get this uh, this phones out to the hands of uh, more users. 
Very cool. I'll keep my fingers crossed and see if I can get one at some point. But oh my gosh, when I saw that prototype, it's so thick. It was like really cool, everything you guys could do with it. But I was like, wow, it's like a, it's almost like a brick. Like, am I going to be able to fit that in my pocket? (laughs) So so that's what we always stress uh, to to people when we demonstrate. Um, This is a prototype. But you know what? That's funny. When we were at, when we were at CES, uh, I think a few Mm -hmm. commented on the, that thickness aspect, like they say, are you going to change the design? Why is it like that? I mean, it's cool tag, but uh, it's a little thick for comfort. And I mean, we actually, this is not final design, this is a prototype. But when we were at Mobile World right. Congress, uh, we actually received a few comments saying, when we tell them this is a prototype, uh, we're going to update. They say, you mean you're going to change the design, but the all that thick block slant edges at the side is really cool. Uh, I think this is what unique. So we have received different opinions from different markets. Um, but yeah, regardless, it is a prototype. Uh, the one that you see on the website is the newer design. Uh, it's going to look a lot sleeker anyway. Uh, and also it has the latest specs uh, that were released on the website as well. So it's, um, pretty, it's a pretty competitive set of uh, specifications for the price. Uh, it's going to be $599. Uh, as in the cost mm-hmm. of the phone, but when when it's online for for uh the pre sale or sale, is that available in the U.S. or is that going to be available in select countries? Um, we want to make it available to as many countries as possible as well. Um, but given it's five thousand, I mean, I don't know who's going to buy, right? I don't know who's going to buy any of the. I mean, it's going online. You can't block online. It's going to be available for anyone to to purchase it. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're not gonna we're not gonna restrict any countries to not be able to buy. Um, but whether if anyone could get their hands on it, I think that's that's a different question as well. So I think until we release it, until we release uh, the details, we probably can gauge the the demand as well. Yeah, but as it stands right now, uh, what we're gonna do is just gonna produce five thousand, uh, to show as a proof of concept that it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows? I mean, let's let's see the demand. Uh, once we are ready to put it up and we'll be able to go from there. Yeah, I, I think the market will help decide what you guys want to do. It seems pretty cool. And actually, I got it pulled up right now. It looks a yeah. lot thinner. Not like super, super thin, yeah, but it's a lot it thinner. And if you look at the specs wise, uh, it's pretty, pretty. I mean, for, for it's, I, I think for the price that we have priced it, the specs are actually really good. Uh, in fact, I think on other mm-hmm. similar phones, you probably have to pay more as well. Yeah, I mean, it's for an Android phone, it's about, because I know I've been looking at switching from iPhone to uh, BlackBerry yeah. at some point. Uh, I think they just have a better, uh, safer operating system and it's a little yeah. bit more flexible. Function X actually might be just as good too. Yeah, so check it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Stay tuned. But <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Uh, price-wise, it seems to be priced pretty good. Uh, to be competitive to, and I'm sure it's going to sell very yeah. quickly because a lot of people hope seem so. pretty interested in hope it. So yeah, so yeah, so that's that's what the team has been doing. It's uh, uh pretty working, pretty pretty hard at work, and uh, yeah, we have we have um different teams. I I think uh we have different teams on Function X and and uh, the Xbox, which is live. Yeah, you you guys are doing some awesome stuff, and the products that you have out are awesome. Can't wait to see what else you guys come out with. Definitely a big fan. Anything you'd like to 
discuss or announce or make known before we close out regarding Pundi or anything we talked about? No, 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 really. I mean, uh, I think this has been a great, uh, great conversation on the Friday, Friday morning. Uh, even though it's a bit gloomy down <laughs> yeah. here right now. Um, but yeah, I, I think we will continue uh, to push forward um, on our product, on our x uh on Function X and the X-Phone as well. Uh, and we hope to be able to, to, to share more uh, in, in time to come. But uh, there, there are various different use cases we are, we are pushing. Some will take longer, obviously. Uh, but uh, the team, the team is, we have a tremendous team. I think the, the work ethics is uh, unbelievable. And it's, uh, as you know, I mean, in, in, in the startup, uh, there's never really a down day. Uh, but we, we have a great team where it's always 24-7, push, push, push. So um, if, if anyone has a question, uh, I mean, feel free to reach out to us. I mean, we have a Telegram chat group as well. It's fairly active. Uh, and Brandon, I mean, let me know when you are in Singapore. Uh, love to take you out for coffee and have a chat or show you around Singapore as well. We are known for a food paradise over there. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about Singapore. Um, it's on my list of things to do. Hopefully I can get out there maybe sometime late this summer or something. I'll yeah. have to plan a trip. Yeah, yeah love to. Uh, if not, if we are going to be at CS next year again, uh, maybe we can you can come by and visit us at our booth. Yeah, but uh, I'll let you know once we confirm. Yeah, definitely. How long are you in New York for? Um, I'm going to be here until uh, next Saturday. Then uh, I'm going to head down to Sao Paulo uh, to visit the team there uh, and see what else we can get, get going as well. Cool. Yeah, next. Yeah, if you're back in the States at all next time or back in New York, let me know. Cause sometimes I go through there as well because I have friends there. Perfect, um, perfect. Yeah, yeah but totally would love to meet up and talk sometime, grab some coffee and sure. talk crypto and get nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it.